Hey, stranger! The Opus is moving out and into a new season as we continue to explore the ongoing legacy of music's most iconic records. I'm your host, Adam Unz, and this season we're celebrating the 45th anniversary of Billy Joel's fifth studio album, The Stranger, a record whose critical and commercial success catapulted the piano man to superstardom. Helping us explore this classic collection are artists like Billy Joel's drummer Liberty DeVito, Regina Spector, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Rozzy, Lissy, The Arkells, Bayside's Anthony Renari, and Ben Folds. Great music shapes lives, shakes rafters, and embeds itself into our culture. So let's find out why only the good die young as we deep dive into The Stranger. The new season is out now and is brought to you by the Consequence Podcast Network and Sony Legacy Recordings. Find us at consequence.net or wherever you get your podcasts. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's the Spark Parade, a show where I talk to people about the art and culture that has shaped their lives. I'm Adam Unz. Thank you for joining me. This week, my guest is MC, songwriter, and producer E.B. Rebel. Now, listen. I love every episode of this podcast, and I don't want to start any kind of competition between episodes, but that said, this is one of my favorites. Uh, E.B. and I talked about Kanye West music and the impact it's had on her, and she's got really interesting stuff to say, and I really think you're going to like it. We dig into our favorite parts of his career and his back catalog, but... We also talk about how difficult slash impossible it is to be a Kanye West fan in 2019. And our discussion also got me thinking about other situations where I've fallen out of love with artists for whatever reason. Sometimes it's because of their public behavior and or politics, as was obviously the case with Kanye. And sometimes it's the work itself. Like, I really love Bjork so much, but it's become increasingly difficult for me to love her new music and that's over the course of, like, the last decade. I loved the particular brand of pop music that she made on her first three albums, and I've loved bits and pieces of what she's done since, but on the whole, her music is just not for me anymore. Her song structure has become so loose that it's almost non-existent. Like, where are the choruses, Bjork? I miss them. And in some ways, this whole situation feels like a breakup, which makes sense, I guess. It's like the relationships that we develop with the artists we love really are personal and intense. And when you're obsessed with someone's work, it's hard to accept that they or their work are no longer the same as the artist or artwork with whom you fell in love. In some situations, you can remember the good times even though your relationship with that artist has changed. Like, I still listen to old Bjork albums all the time and love them. And in some cases, the quote-unquote breakup is so messy that it taints your memories of the happier times you had experiencing that artist's work. And the example there is that I have a lot of trouble listening to Kanye's music now without picturing him wearing a MAGA hat. So I guess my point is that it's easier to overcome a breakup when you drift apart or move in a different direction to the person you were involved with than it is when you find out that your ex is just an asshole. Pretty good thesis statement, right? So anyway, now 
let's dig a little deeper into Mr. West's work and legacy, shall we? Here's my chat with E.B. Rebel about Kanye West. So, Kanye? Yeah, Kanye. Yeah. Um, Kanye West. Yeah. Um, so, do you remember where you first heard about Kanye or like where you first heard his music? Yeah. Um, believe it was like elementary school. Mm. I mean, he was a new guy that had like the pink polos and the mm-hmm. teddy bear mascot. So obviously as a kid, you're like, oh, okay, this is cool. Yeah. I mean, because something that I'd never seen before, like I grew up prior to that, like on Jay-Z, you know, mm-hmm. Jay-Z and, you know, I don't want to say your stereotypical rapper, but right, right. I mean, they kind of all had the same story more or less and mm-hmm. kind of... You know, and he just came out of left field. I mean, you know, college dropout and, you know, kind of a more eccentric guy and, you know, yeah, kind of uh, more conscious, but also not afraid to, like, have his heart on his sleeve. So yeah. I think that was one of the uh, most appealing things about mm-hmm. him, you know, when I first uh, really got into music. So. Yeah, that was that was probably the first time college dropout. Yeah, the first one. Yeah, yeah, cool. I think that combination of like, I I don't know. I I think in general, you maybe this is my like misconception or preconceived notion about what straight men are like, but um, (laughs) I I just don't. It's, it seems rare to me that straight men are like into fashion or like you know make bold fashion statements. Mm -hmm. And yeah, from the beginning, it was like. You, yeah. he stood out mm-hmm. in that way. In addition to his music, right. um, uh, that was another thing I was I was reading at the time that was like he was like having a hard time getting a record contract mm-hmm. as a um, a rapper. Like he was producing and yeah. making all these hit records, but his uh, music that he made himself what didn't fit into what like the record labels thought right hip hop should be at that time. Yeah, his uh, um, favorite line is "I had Jesus walks and no one would uh, sign me," and it's right. like that record was huge. But yeah, a lot of times people just don't see the vision. I yeah. mean, same thing with Jay Z; no one would sign him. And hello, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Billionaire. So you know, right? Yeah, happens like that sometimes. I guess. Yeah, yeah. it's. I guess you know, it's a good thing they yeah. found each other and that Jay was there to exactly uh, help. Uh, I, help. I don't know. Kanye. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Kanye obviously his talent stands on its own. I don't yeah. think uh, Jay-Z was like responsible for, yeah. um, you know, making him who he is or anything, but it definitely helped to have him yeah. advocate. Cosign. For him. Yeah. 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 Spe- especially when that was a time where cosigns met where they really mattered. I mean, uh-huh. now as an independent artist, if you just have more or less, if you have good content, you know, yeah. you can kind of push yourself. But back then it was all about cosigns, you know, mm-hmm. had the Rockefeller with Dame Dash, like, advocating yeah. for him so it kind of made people like look his direction like okay right. you know he may be a little you know out of the ordinary but you know if jay and dame believe in him why should not mm-hmm. so it's kind of kind of a thing too because yeah. i was and still am a big jay-z fan so yeah. Yeah, obviously yeah. that connection i was like okay well i guess he must yeah. be valid you know yeah <laughs> i guess it was also at a time that wasn't like pre-internet but it was pre like social media and mm-hmm. all of that so like people having as much access to um the tools to promote themselves right. independent of a, a record label or you know it was a lot more like the the old school system of the labels have all the control right. and you can't really get your music out to a wide audience without their help right um so yeah i guess that must must have affected the process too at oh, yeah. that time for yeah. sure yeah 
were there like particular tracks that stood out on that album or i mean um, i guess you know there's huge hit singles yeah, <laughs> yeah right well i mean um through the wire just out the yeah. gate like that was pretty impactful obviously you know once you learn the back story of him like recording it with his mouth wired yeah, and yeah. you know the shaka khan uh mm-hmm. sample learn that later yeah, in life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i mean it was a cool like concept mm-hmm. you know of him like going through that you know car accident that could have taken his life and just having the gall really to record with your mouth like wired shit was mm-hmm. pretty crazy to me and you know the song was cool yeah. and also all falls down so huge um lauren hill fan mm-hmm. i was put on to her like super early by older cousins yeah. so i actually originally thought it was her singing and mm. i think a lot of people did but he had uh selena i can't remember her last name but she sounds a lot like her so i was like oh cool he got like lauren on the track but right later yeah. i found out it wasn't but a really cool song about you know consciousness and mm-hmm. so that was probably my favorite song from there yeah and i think that's a pretty good representation of like his whole body of work is super personal stuff yeah um and that was like crazy personal and really immediate because it was like didn't he start writing uh through the wire in the hospital when he's like yeah. just he, he the accident had just happened and right he's like straight to work. <laughs> yeah um but there's that side and then the political conscious stuff right um that those two lanes mm-hmm. at least to me seem like you know that the biggest chunks of his career right to this point yeah uh for sure i mean i think that's what i gravitated towards like i've always mm-hmm. been really into writing and poetry even from a, a young age so mm-hmm. a lot of that i mean all hip-hop is poetic but definitely because it was more like inward you know mm-hmm. type of material i was like okay yeah. i can really i can get with this yeah. and you know i knew i wanted to do music from a young age and mm-hmm. he kind of gave me like hope that you didn't have to necessarily fit a mode mm-hmm. you know as long as you have good music and then obviously people behind you that can help you get to those places but as long as you have the the music and you know some of those uh you know just kind of intangibles you can mm-hmm. you can get to where you want to go yeah. yeah and just i guess seeing that there was a progression that's like there's different ways into the music industry and right. that you know he started out helping other people he, he still produces but like yeah. b- building his way up through uh you know whatever whatever route works and whatever right. gets you there in the end so do you in kanye's career do you appreciate the whole body of work in the same way or do you have favorites like i mean i know that the first three albums kind of to my mind are like a trilogy yeah um and I mean, I think that's pretty obvious too. It's, yeah, not, like, yeah. it's not like I'm the first person to yeah. discover that. But yeah, then when stuff started getting a little weirder, more experimental mm-hmm. and stuff, did you yeah. re- respond the same way to that stuff? Or Yeah, I like all the weird quote unquote mm-hmm. albums, yeah. like the ones that people don't like, but then later in life, they're like, okay. Right. Like um, 808s and Heartbreaks. Mm-hmm. I liked it immediately. Yeah. But now it's like... It was later, like, you know, the last couple of years where people are like, okay, mm-hmm. like he spawned, you know, he was kind of the the person that led the way for Drake and, you know, all these people who are kind of rapping, singing kind of thing. Yeah. Although he was, you know, using heavy auto-tune, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, he kind of opened that lane for a hip-hop artist to kind of explore mm-hmm. that that side of things. Yeah. And like, I love Yeezus, like, mm-hmm. it kind of influenced my sound mm-hmm. um, a lot, kind of the punk rock you know, yeah. hip hop kind of, um, you know, blend. So mm-hmm. yeah, all the 
you know, all the albums that people don't particularly like from him, those yeah. are like my favorite ones. Yeah. Like those two in particular are yeah. my favorites. Yeah. And I think, you know, it shows how far reaching his influences are, that he's yeah. like a sponge. He just like a, wants to absorb all different kinds of culture and music. And I just read that he was like really influenced by the string arrangements on a live Portishead album, like for, <laughs> for um, one of his albums. And, you know, he's just taking stuff from everywhere. Yeah. And I remember before um, 808s and Heartbreak came out that it was like, I was like, Is this, this could either be really great or it could be <laughs> right. terrible. Cause yeah. like, you, you never really know right. um, when somebody's changing direction so yeah. d dramatically. And it was like, everybody knew what it was going to be before it, it came out. It was yeah. like, he's singing. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember thinking like, can he sing? <laughs> and then generally, like I, if, if people are using autotune who are singers mm -hmm. and they have the ability to like sing a song themselves, I'm mm -hmm. always kind of annoyed that they're using exactly. it. I'm like, it's okay to have some flaws in your singing, right. like just, you know, just sing. Yeah. But Kanye, I think he's not like tone deaf, but he doesn't have a great singing he, voice. He definitely needed it. Yeah. But I think it it doesn't it doesn't feel like a, a gimmick or anything. It's like it adds to the yeah. album. And yeah. like because it's the whole way through and it's this kind of it feels like almost futuristic or like yeah. robotic or something. Yeah. Um, and Robocop. Right. And just like showing that he can really write melodies and write act you know, yeah. uh songs for singers as well as hip-hop songs right um yeah it was incredible that was like yeah, yeah a really exciting change of direction yeah i mean i thought it was a really cool sound for the theme of the project i mean it was a very like sad you know mm -hmm. um because it was right after his uh mother passed and then i think also he like his engagement at that time was like broken so i mean yeah. he had a lot of emotions going through so like i really like resonated with it because you know I was kind of young but going mm -hmm. through a breakup of my own so mm -hmm. you know I'm being all dramatic so like <laughs> those, those yeah. songs like resonated with me like you know um yeah. Heartless and mm -hmm. um the one with Lil Wayne I can't think of it but like yeah, yeah. those type Kanye of songs understands exactly yeah <laughs> I mean that's that is like the main theme of kind of my life like the albums he put out and the times he put them out mm -hmm. kind of like linked to things I was going through, which is like, I guess maybe why I was like such a, mm -hmm. was such a like stand for yeah. him, you know, yeah. like Jesus came at a like really bad breakup and like, you know, he has songs on there that really address that like guilt trip and blood on leaves and, mm -hmm. you know, so it was really like. It's, it's funny, and I, I talk to friends about this all the time. He'll drop music that's, like, straight up, like, parallel to what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. And maybe because I'm a huge fan, like, I draw those. So, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I think he, he also, the stuff that he writes, it's about relationships and drawing from his personal life. Mm-hmm does feel even though it's specific to him it's universal as well and right. he talks about themes that can be applied to anybody's life in a way that yeah you can you can really connect with it yeah i think that's been his biggest gift mm -hmm. is really being able to really tap into his emotions in ways that a lot of artists can i mean you have a cuddy who collaborates with him a lot he does that well mm -hmm. but not a lot of artists can do that well you know that's kind of yeah. the reason why drake is so big he's mm -hmm. he can really you know get sad boy but you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you need it you know yeah. it can't always be happy i tell people that all the time so we have to have people that can make that type of music yeah know? kind of a range of emotions yeah. and um 
that, yeah, ma- making people feel sad or angry mm-hmm. or whatever, that that still can sell records, <laughs> you yeah. know, um, yeah. and, and really affect people and, and touch people. Yeah. And I think that that is a part of, you know, drawing all these influences from different places, right. having this really complex emotional life that's running through all of his music mm-hmm. and all of that experimental stuff, like not just in the clothes that he wears, not just in the production, not just in the collaborators and the rhymes, but the stage production, you know. Yeah. Like um, the best I've ever seen in hip hop. Yeah. Or, you know, he's up there just across the board. Like, um, I don't know if you saw the Yeezus tour, but that was mm. just like crazy. Like yeah. that stage production, even like the moving or that platform that he had. Um, I guess the last like real tour he did mm-hmm. kind of before the breakdown. Like yeah. that was pretty cool. I didn't go to that one, but like yeah. he has some pretty cool like stage ideas that are like crazy. You yeah. Know? And yeah. really take it up a notch as far as performance. Yeah. And just having a really clear vision yeah it reminds me i mean i have been obsessing about homecoming that like beyonce documentary oh yeah um, that was amazing like that kind of comparison to me is just like a really single-minded clear vision mm-hmm. of this absolutely enormous thing yep and not being afraid of undertaking this like huge challenge yeah to make this piece of art i mean in beyonce's case it was even crazier to me because it's like she knew it was they were going to film it, so it was going to be yep. preserved, but two mm-hmm. performances. And she worked on it for like 18 months yep. and, you know, dedicated all of this time and energy and yep. focus. After having two children. Right, right. <laughs> you know. Um, and like right after. Yeah. Um, yep. So that I, I felt like Kanye's work ethic was the same, yeah. um, that it's like constantly challenging himself pushing himself to change direction and find new ways to express himself yeah um in in every sense of that word yeah yeah Yeah. i mean i really like artists like that i mean a madonna Mm. or um i just had somebody a lady gaga Mm -hmm. like people that aren't afraid to change their identities Mm-hmm. you know on different projects i think that's cool because then you're yeah. able to like experiment with all these different sounds because it's, you know i guess you can do it without changing your persona so much but i think that helps people kind of get the message you know when you kind of switch it up you know right. and aesthetically and you know across the board i think you know i think that's cool when artists do that and yeah. so he's done that a ton yeah. you know through his career yeah like, and I think just kind of making it a priority to like he, uh, the after 808s and Heartbreak, not wanting to just say, great, now <laughs> I'm going to put out an album like that every year. It was yeah. like he he's always he, he he has, let's say, pretty good self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I, don't, and, I don't think he's lacking in that department <laughs> at all. Um, but I remember before that album came out that he was just like you wait you know if anybody who doesn't believe that this is going to be game changing and blah 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 and everybody kind of heard him talk like that before and so it's like we'll see (laughs) and then he puts it out and it really is yeah but that desire to push forward and say right i did that i showed you that i can do that and now yeah here's what comes next yeah which Um, was like most people would say his classic album mm -hmm. the uh my twisted dark fantasy Yeah, yeah which it was crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, just all the guest appearances mm-hmm. and just the way he put it together. Like, all the lights were like Alicia Keys oh. and like, um, yeah, it's just crazy. All the people he had, you know, Cuddy and 
Uh, yeah, it's just crazy. All the people he had on that one singular song. Yeah. And, um, Runaway is on that one. That's like one of my all-time favorite Kanye songs. Yeah. Just the production, like the keys and, you know, orchestra behind it, which is mm-hmm. really really insane like the extended version where he's just like kind of harmonizing in the auto tune which yeah. most people like that sounds really bad but for me it just kind of invokes that emotion mm-hmm. so yeah that album was yeah. was big and it kind of like shut some of the critics up about mm-hmm. the 808s and heartbreaks because this was like a hip-hop album like kind of going back mm-hmm. to his roots so to speak yeah. but still with a lot of that like progressive alternative kind of Influence, yeah, but and and even taking elements from 808s and Heartbreak, I, yeah. I think that's a, a nice little fuck you to the critics mm-hmm. that it's like, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna make this masterpiece and I'm gonna put in all these elements that you said weren't gonna work, right? And it's all gonna be a, like a, a vital part of this amazing thing, yeah. Um, also with those with the collaborators, and I think throughout his career, he works like a curator, and yep. he obviously there's he has access to whoever and yeah yeah, there's no limit yeah but he has such good taste and he knows exactly what kinds of voices he wants on every Mm -hmm. song and finding all these amazing i mean not finding knowing who all these amazing (laughs) people are like you know thinking back uh about artists who he's loved or working again with people like with cuddy and with uh jay-z and Mm -hmm. and people like that who he knows compliment him really well yeah and yeah, it's like, you know, kind of being like a band leader or something that um, you have to have this. Uh, it's like what I was saying about Homecoming. It's having this singular vision o- about this gigantic mm-hmm. thing that has so many moving parts and being able to orchestrate all that seamlessly. Is, yeah. 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 Genius. Yeah. I mean, that's been one of my biggest like takeaways from his career is like not being afraid of collaboration. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes as artists, like we think like our ideas are like the best, you mm-hmm. know, and that we can do it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially with the work I'm doing right now, like it's the most I've collaborated, you know, in my whole time doing it. Yeah. Um, and kind of with that mentality, I have a friend that's like, yeah, that's little Kanye right there. But because I'm trying to think about like, okay, whose voice would sound good on this? Like on one particular song, I just have two guys doing ad libs. But mm. I think if they weren't on it, it would kind of be flat, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to borrow from him, you know, just kind of stepping outside of yourself and not being afraid to maybe not be the, you know, the maybe be the the weak, the weak link on the song, you know, mm-hmm. maybe have people that, you know, maybe have the best verse or whatever. But, right. you know, it's the, for the greater good of the project or the song. So, right. You know, and really like that. Yeah, and that that reminds me of like Nikki's first on oh, Monster. Yeah, is, she killed know, everybody. Like, whatever. <laughs> she like, killed everybody. Yeah, when I was thinking of that, I was like, Monster, you were talking about like curating. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think there's any way he knew that she was gonna come with that verse. No. Like, I don't think Jay would have, <laughs> you know, gotten on that or Rick Ross. Like, she washed everybody. It was it's yeah. insane. And to I, yeah, to me, people are like, yeah, Nikki is. I'm like, go listen to the Monster uh, mm-hmm. verse. Like, I don't want to hear it. Like, you know, yeah. like yeah. that is insane. That's one of the best verses I've heard. Like, mm-hmm. in in a while. Yeah, and yeah. I always I like 
to me, that was almost the best thing she's ever done. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, yeah, that's I, yeah. I, for I, sure. I like some of her stuff. It's just like a little poppier, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And like, I, I enjoy that kind of music as well. But it was just like the verse on Monster set up this expectation mm -hmm. in my mind of the kind of artist that she was yeah. going to be. And like, it's not fair for me to yeah. project that onto her and expect that from her. But um, that just absolutely blew me away. Yeah. Um, but like you said, he, he sees that. Uh, Kanye sees that and he you know gets that from her in the studio yeah and it's not like he goes oh god maybe we should you right. know, wait and like I'll produce an album for her <laughs> right. with this or on maybe it maybe like, yeah. like Jay may not like you know right, or right. Rick Ross may not want you know yeah. it's, it's that type of because I don't think Kanye had the best verse I think he probably had the weakest mm -hmm. verse like I really like Jay's I liked Rick Ross's mm -hmm. but you know he didn't like well snatch you know Nikki's verse off like yeah. some artists will do that they're like right. yeah no we're not doing that like <laughs> yeah, yeah. you will not have the best verse but it's sort of song that I just did with you know one of my artist friends in Dallas and he 100% has a better verse mm. but I mean I think that's cool you know yeah I think that to me that's a compliment like if people mm -hmm. are trying their best to give you their best product yeah like you have to respect it and just hey I mean you know you can't win them all I mean you know as yeah. hip-hop artists like it's a competition it's a sport mm -hmm. but you can't win them all and if it's gonna make your song fire I mean yeah hey, yeah you know? Yeah, having <laughs> kudos that, you know right, right. <laughs> yeah. having that like collaborative mentality where yeah. you know being uh like lifting other artists up and have having them you know it's a this like reciprocal relationship everybody gets something out of it yeah um and yeah having it's not even i don't think it's humility necessarily but mm -hmm. just like being okay yeah. with not always having the spotlight or being the focus even right. in your own work that yeah that's a it's a pretty amazing uh yeah. a thing to be able to do yeah i mean it's so like you said it's a win-win for everyone mm -hmm. i mean if the song blows up because of you know juice leroy that's his name mm. because of his verse i mean we're both we both have you know royalties on the song so i mean right. we both win right you know right. how can you be mad <laughs> at that you know so yeah yeah so beyond my beautiful dark twisted fantasy mm -hmm. that I always get the adjectives. I probably have it wrong, but up. yeah, that's the one. <laughs> so you said then Jesus, Jesus was yeah. after that, and I liked Jesus. Yeah. A lot of people uh -huh. didn't, but I liked like the like the distorted auto tune and like the yells and you know very punk rock kind mm -hmm. of you know sound yeah and that was right around the time i was like i started like really writing and taking it serious mm -hmm. and it kind of like bled into the song i was writing at that time called don't care you can definitely if people listen mm -hmm. to both you can <laughs> definitely hear the influence but yeah. i mean i've always been in into rock and punk rock and hip-hop so but i'd never really seen someone blend it like that um and now of course a lot of people are doing it. You have your Uzi, Uzi Verts, mm -hmm. and, you know, all kinds of people that kind of blend it together. But I think he was, like, the biggest artist and probably oh, biggest artist. I'm sure someone else did it before that. But he was the <laughs> yeah. biggest artist to do it in that way and, like, mm -hmm. not be afraid to do it. Although most people didn't like it. But yeah. we'll see down the, the road 10 years if you know they give him his credit because it took about that long for the 808s to yeah. really get his credit so we'll see yeah, yeah yeah and i think that's a pretty eclectic album too it's got a lot of different styles on it and yeah um yeah i really like it too i i um i didn't really 
get the criticism. I mean, I, I understand thinking that it was a step in a different direction from the previous album, but right. um, yeah, sometimes I think people have expectations yeah, and then, yeah. well, you know, just coming off of that, which most people consider to be one of his classic albums, probably mm. um, College Dropout and then that one, I think most people would say are his classics. So you come from that and then you do something like Left Field, yeah. you know, that maybe a true hip hop head may not really appreciate but you know i think if you're an eclectic listener you mm-hmm. if you can find something like it ends with bound two which is totally not like the rest of the album right. you know so i think there's diversity still you know mm-hmm. for you to find something that you like so yeah yeah and um yeah d- definitely like a range of different uh styles and influences still like i mean like all the rest of the stuff too yeah and then i guess <laughs> you know <laughs> How, yeah. how do you feel about Yay? <laughs> yeah, so I think right around the Yeezus tours when things kind of, mm-hmm. you know, went down. Not necessarily for me right right at first, but for most people, it was like the rants, like the 30-minute mm-hmm. rants at the concerts and like coming at Jay-Z and Beyonce, which seemed kind of like odd, you know. Yeah. So that's when a lot of people, you know, started to wonder like what's mm-hmm. going on with him. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was patient. Then, (laughs) you know, I'm like, you know, we all try to explain away Mm -hmm. things from our favorite artist or whoever, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, it was the slavery is a choice and the MAGA hat that did it for me. I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, I can't. (laughs) Yeah. Can't roll with that. I've talked uh, a little bit um, on other episodes about, like, what do you do with art from an artist you've loved who does bad things or things that you disagree with. And mm-hmm. I think the thing that's kind of different in, in this situation, as opposed to something like R. Kelly or hmm. Woody Allen <laughs> yeah. or Michael Jackson, even, yeah. you know, yeah. people who, while they were at the peak of their fame, yeah. you kind of knew yeah. about the creepy things that they were accused right. of. I mean, R. Kelly's is... <laughs> It's kind of like hiding in plain sight. Right. If oh, you go lyrics. and listen yeah. to it, it's like, yeah. Right. <laughs> we we knew, but we missed a lot of it, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, crazy. I think like knowing that all of those, you you kind of already had complicated feelings if you uh, uh, like really yeah. looked at who these people were. Right. And with Kanye, it was like, it's like he's become a different person. And right. Um, or maybe this is this, who he right. was and, and yeah. you know, I don't know which one is true, you know, yeah. um, either way is disappointing. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, like some of the contradictions, like, you know, this is the man who said George Bush doesn't yeah. care about black people. And, and I was thinking about that, you know, and preparing for this, I was like, I mean, we kind of are hypocritical in that <laughs> way. Like most people, you know, I guess if you're a little liberal. Mm -hmm. Um, You were like, yeah, you know, he kind of said what we all were kind of thinking. I mean, as it relates to Katrina. Mm -hmm. Um, But then like the MAGA hat thing, we're like, no, like, you know, so in that particular, you know, sentiment, I will say that maybe we are being a little hypocritical. Like we allow him to speak his mind and we like champion that when it's something that we believe in. Mm -hmm. But when it's not, we're like, wait a minute, you know, so in that particular. But I mean. You know, yeah. it's kind of different. Like, yeah. it's it's kind of bad when our current president makes you like look at George Bush like a little fuzzy teddy bear. You know, mm. like mm-hmm. now he's like this lovable. Like I can't put the 
poncho over my head guy, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, no one, well, no one I knew liked him. But mm-hmm. now we're like, oh, look, he's slipping, like, the first lady candy. That's so cute. Right, right. And because this guy is, like. Yeah. In- comparatively. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Uh, 45 is something else, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like an absolute disaster. Yeah. Um, but I think even outside of the political stuff, mm-hmm. The uh, size of his ego seemed mm-hmm. seemed to grow throughout his career. The more right. power he has, part of it is just like celebrity, mm-hmm. and you get surrounded by people who just tell you that yes. you're right. Nobody mm-hmm. ever disagrees with you. Yeah, um, and that's why. I mean, I think it's throughout his career he's taken criticism really personally. Like you remember that South Park thing? Oh, <laughs> fish, fish sticks. Yeah, yeah. And he <laughs> talked about that for years. Yeah. And in that way, mm-hmm. the parallel between him and Donald Trump, that it's like really thin skin yeah. and doesn't take to criticism well. Right. And I mean, it makes sense in that way. Yeah. You know? But it frustrates me so much because it's like Donald Trump is an idiot and a piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. And Kanye is not. Right. Um, and for him to feel like they are whatever, kindred yeah. spirits, right. is depressing. It's like, <laughs> you are yep. worth so much more than that. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. like him thinking of himself in that way right. makes me just like, it, it, it's so delusional. It's so yeah. like, not like body dysmorphia, but like, you know, when someone yeah. just can't see themselves in the same way that everybody else right. sees them, but in a totally different way. It's like he's, he really believes in himself, mm-hmm. but he thinks of himself as being treated unfairly in the mm-hmm. same way that he he hears Donald Trump being talk, yeah. talking about being treated unfairly and he's like, oh, I can relate to that. Yeah. Um, well, in some respects, I mean, they both kind of brought it on themselves mm-hmm. and then they kind of like, or like, oh my God. So maybe, I mean, in those parallels, I, I can see those parallels, but you, like you said, I mean, I would like to think Kanye is a lot smarter than, you mm-hmm. know, 45, but yeah. you know, I, I think it's an ego thing. It's like, well, a lot of people have said that he was really upset about, you know, Obama kind of calling him, I think he called him, uh, what did he call, he call him? Jackass. Jackass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, called, yeah. Him, <laughs> called him a jackass yeah. and, you know, didn't really associate with Kanye like he did a Kendrick, you know, mm. or uh, Jay-Z or Frank Ocean. Like it's a lot of people that he brought into the White House and he kind of like backed away from Kanye, said Kanye was really hurt and upset about that so I guess the next president in he like you know wanted to be buddies with and I Mm -hmm. think you know he's a contrarian to you know Mm -hmm. to a certain extent and I I think he was just like oh well you know no one likes him I'm just gonna go rock with him I think there's a little piece of that there Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and I guess that same the the drive to like always do the unexpected and keep changing and evolving that mm-hmm. maybe it's just like a kind of gross version of that but it's like <laughs> this is nobody will expect this from me yeah right um but whatever it's like what you said before like we all have these ideas like oh maybe it's this oh his mom died and that was really yeah. traumatic and so maybe he's just kind of gone yeah. crazy from that yeah, that's or been you know the, the he's depressed one. or yeah whatever um, the bipolar like right. it's a lot of things that yeah. explained it away but it's like you know a lot of people have a lot of those things and they still have to be responsible for their actions and words you know mm-hmm. because they matter you mm-hmm. know saying that slavery was a, a choice is 
very problematic, you yeah, know, and yeah, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, wearing a MAGA hat and saying you're putting different energy in it, like right. you know, when MAGA country is like attacking everything that you know is not like sus, you know, white male, mm-hmm. like you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah it's, yeah, it's definitely problematic. Yeah, but again, like I, I was thinking about this today. I remember Caitlyn Jenner giving an interview saying that. Kim Kardashian had a really hard time after she came out and was like not coping mm-hmm. with having a, a transparent yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. And it was Kanye who kind of brought her around and yeah. helped her to understand what being trans meant. And Yeah, I um, read that somewhere. And it, it just really fucks with my head <laughs> to think that that, and who knows what those conversations were like. Right. And maybe he was just like, it's not a big deal, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my mind, I was always like, he dealt with everything so sensitively and he really helped her to see the light and who knows what that private conversation was like Mm -hmm. but having that image in my mind and then having that same person wearing a MAGA hat and being like you know there's nothing wrong with uh, supporting the Republican Party and why can't black people be Republicans and blah 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 which I can respect that thinking I think that's fair to challenge that yeah but I mean a MAGA hat is just it's loaded yeah, <laughs> you and know, it, like, you can't not being able to draw the distinction between like saying I'm a black person and I'm conservative mm-hmm. and what a MAGA hat means. Right. Like it's totally different. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of conservative whatever and they're just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not about I mean, because MAGA is like um, outright, you mm-hmm. know, it's like it's way far right you know so it's yeah yeah, you can't really yeah i mean you can like like you said you can believe in maybe trying to change that political culture with the black community but when you throw on that hat no one's gonna want to hear you Mm -hmm. like (laughs) you know you know he defends it by saying he's repositioning it or he's redefining it or whatever he's putting uh new energy in it i'm like okay (laughs) symbols that have been defined in a certain way Mm -hmm. it's like Kind of like saying, you know, I'm going to take this swastika and Mm -hmm. to me it means I'm going to take the original meaning that it was like a an Indian symbol that means, you know, something about peace or whatever. And it's like, no, it's too late. (laughs) Like you can't. This means something to everybody. Yeah. And you deciding that it means something else. to every to everybody who's looking at you it means the original meaning that um you know has been kind of settled on (laughs) yeah yeah um Uh, and he's actually done that before i think now i'm like really going back and looking mm. at the patterns he did that with the confederate flag like Mm. around the Yeezus time Mm -hmm. um and like people thought it was like edgy and cool but like when you think about it I and mean, he didn't grow up in the south he grew up you know mm-hmm. midwest but mm-hmm. i grew up in texas so it's yeah. like you know i went to school in Denton, and you see a truck and a big confederate flag like rolling through mm-hmm. makes you feel like uneasy so i don't think he really thinks about it in those ways he it's a yeah. very personal like i I'm okay with this. I can change it. But you have a whole like demographic of people who are like, no, mm-hmm. you know, that you can never change what that means. Yeah. And so. maybe part of it is like, you know, like I said, but about him being sensitive and stuff, he, he does read reviews. He is aware of like what the public perception of him is. Right. But he's also surrounded by a wall of like sycophantic people just going, yep, 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 yeah. whatever, you know, whatever you're doing is great. You're great. You're great. Yeah. And maybe he's insulated enough, isolated mm-hmm. from uh, 
the brunt of how people are really feeling about it. Right. He's able to have that kind of distance between what's real and, and what's actually yeah. um, in his mind. Yeah. I don't know. Again, yeah. it's like we could go on for hours just like right. saying maybe it's just that. <laughs> right. um, yeah. But. That was kind of part of his rebrand recently, mm. you know, bringing like some of the old people into the fold, like Don C and um, some of the early like writers that helped him from Chicago to kind of like, I guess, humble him, you mm-hmm. know, the talks of him moving back to Chicago and, and all of that. I think that was his attempt or his team's attempt to kind of like bring him back to center. Yeah. Um, that was kind of short lived, but yeah. <laughs> but then I'm also thinking about that, um, that single he did with T.I. The, he's oh, giving yeah, the, yeah. the kind of Trump yeah. point of view mm-hmm. and, um, all of T.I.'s verses are just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you <laughs> yeah. fucking kidding me? <laughs> Pretty and much, yeah. he, you know, tried to, it, it was kind of saying some of the same things. So maybe I'm completely wrong. It's like he, I think he does. No, yeah, no. Get it. Definitely, yeah. Um, I think and, he, I think he gets it, but I think the ego of Kanye, I think he's like, well, I gotta like ride this out. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, because he had a, a clear kind of chance to say, you know, kind of messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he did like the radio press tour around Chicago, around that whole mm-hmm. rebrand kind of situation. And he still stuck to his guns about the MAGA hat. So we're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like the same thing with running up on stage and stealing the mic from Taylor Swift or whatever, yeah. where it's like, we all agree with you. We all mm-hmm. think that what Beyonce happened should... Beyonce had yeah, the, the better video. Yeah, everybody <laughs> agrees with that. Yeah. But it's like running up on stage and grabbing the mic away from her, the, you know... Probably not the best move. Right. <laughs> just not being able to walk that back and say, you know... I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. Or I should... In hindsight, I would have handled that differently or yeah. whatever. But yeah. Yeah, that's the thing with him. I, I feel like he always has good in... Well... <laughs> up until recently, I always felt like he had good intent, mm-hmm. like with the Taylor Swift yeah, thing. Yeah. Like he's very, he's such a passionate artist. Mm-hmm. I think he was just like, no, y'all, you know, y'all not going to do this, you know, yeah. like, because Beyonce, I mean, single ladies, big record and a super oh like God. dope video, those like minimal. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think in like the George Bush doesn't like black people, like again, mm-hmm. a lot of people were thinking that because, you know, he didn't do a whole lot for mm-hmm. Katrina victims who were mostly African-American. Yeah. But it's kind of like at the telethon, though, like right. <laughs> we probably shouldn't do that. Right. You know, so it's like he has good intentions, but his execution is just always off. Yeah. It always has been. So yeah. I guess we can't really expect much these days, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so depressing. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I don't know. I don't know if it is just like this kind of clear thing that was happening to him that Mm -hmm. as these little bits and pieces these clues of like the kind of person that he really is like that's uh what you said before like Mm -hmm. maybe it is just that this is who he was all along and we just didn't see it or he wasn't showing it yeah Um, or we were okay with it as long as it was what yeah affirming what we thought right Right. You know, that's kind of, but I, I can't, I mean, part of my just personal and artistic kind of identity is being an activist. Mm-hmm. So I can't, back to your question, I did hear the, the podcast about separating the artist and the art. And I was mm. like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I personally can't. Yeah. Especially when it's something like that. I mean, if he just said, I'm a conservative, mm-hmm. fine. 
But, you know, some of those things are really like problematic and, mm -hmm. you know, can really lead to damage, especially in this climate where we, are, we already have like a lot of racial tension. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I can't ride mm -hmm. with that in the same way. I mean, definitely not as like severe, like, but R. Kelly, yeah, I would never, ever. Yeah. I know a lot of people are going back and reading, well, listening and reading the lyrics. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just yeah, try to yeah. remember them, but I'm not giving him any like plays on Spotify. Like, yeah. Um, no. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm very much that person. You know, if you cross a certain line, yeah. you know, I mean, because as artists, a lot of it is tied to your your personal um, identity and feelings. I, mm -hmm. I think we would kind of be fooling ourselves to think like those two can be completely separate right you know so i think for me personally and it took a lot because i was like for me to cancel kanye it's like <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah. i'll cancel like a friend before i was willing to like cancel kanye mm -hmm. but it was kind of like that was the last straw i'm like yeah. i can't really be about my activism and how i feel about certain things if if i'm just like yeah it's cool and just you know bumping like uh you know what was that yay you know mm. i haven't really listened to that i mean no. i heard a, a few songs but by way of other people but yeah 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 and it does feel like i don't know e even if he suddenly has an epiphany and like says i all you know <laughs> realizes yeah what other people are trying to tell him mm -hmm. this is all still going to be part of his story now yeah and it, it does it's forever changes the way that you think about him and his work right. and, and all of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's still a chance for him to redeem himself. Mm -hmm. I mean, it also matters how he does it. Mm -hmm. And if it seems sincere, I mean, I think Ye was supposed to be an attempt at that, but all right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, when you have an album coming out called Yandi, that mm -hmm. seems like you're uh, yeah. really humble. <laughs> like, right. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen that one, but yeah. would be interested to see where he goes with that. Yeah. I mean, I think it would have to be really genuine, mm -hmm. you know, for him to, you know, get a lot of his fan base back, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We will see yep. what happens. Yeah. Um, I feel good. I think okay. that was uh, yeah. good. So if people want to find you, mm -hmm. uh, where would they do that? The first step is I have a website. So mm -hmm. ebrebelmusic.com. But for people who love Instagram, <laughs> ebrebel, <laughs> all together. So E-B-R-E-B-E-L. And same on Twitter and Facebook. It's uh, artist page E B Rebel. So you can find everything there. Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube is everywhere. Perfect. <laughs> um, well thank you so much. This was great. This thank was you. Really like I, yeah. I think we dug into some good stuff here. Yeah. So. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having yeah. me. All right, take care. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that so much. It was really fun to do a bit of a career retrospective on an artist whose work I've loved, but it was also really great to have the opportunity to talk about the impact of Kanye's recent public actions as well. So thank you again to EB for talking to me. Do yourself a favor, check out her music because it's really good. You can thank me later. All right. Before we wrap things up, let me give you a little rundown of my recommendations for the week. Firstly, I know I've talked about Amber Mark on this podcast before, but she did a gig last night that I went to and oh my God, she is great. 
Her voice is just incredible. It's really beautiful and distinctive. And she just sang the shit out of all of her songs. She's got great stage banter and she just looks really comfortable in front of a crowd and I predict very big things for her so go to her shows if she comes to your city. The next thing on my list is an HBO comedy called Los Espookies. Um, It's created by Julio Torres who is a fucking comedic genius, Ana Fabrega, and Fred Armisen. Seriously though, Julio Torres makes me piss myself. Check out his stand-up or the sketches that he wrote for SNL. Um, Google Wells for Boys. Treat yourself. It's genius. So... Anyway, it's a totally absurd comedy about a group of friends who start a business providing horror to those who need it. It is so ridiculous and hilarious, and I love it. It's also about 75% in Spanish and 25% in English, and there are subtitles throughout. So the Spanish language stuff has English subtitles and vice versa, which is pretty cool. So watch that immediately. And then and then lastly, I was really devastated to hear about Philippe Zadar dying in a freak accident last week, and I've been listening to a lot of his music as a result. He was hugely influential in the mid to late 90s and early 2000s French dance scene. And he produced some incredible albums for other people as well. Um, I've been listening to the Motor Bass album that he created with Etienne de Cressy a lot because it's got a, a ton of happy memories for me. And I've also listened a lot to the second Cassius album called Au Rev. Um, it was kind of a flop when it came out because it sounded totally different to their first album. But I really loved it. It's a dance album, but it's got a huge soul, R&B and hip hop influence. I remember when it came out that Zadar gave this interview where he said that the album was a celebration of black music and I'm paraphrasing here but he said something to the effect of if you don't like black music you can fuck off and I always really appreciated that so R.I.P. Philippe Zadar you will be missed sorry to end things on such a sad note but eh that's just the way it works out sometimes thank you so much for listening again your support means everything if you have the time and inclination to follow me on social media please do so at Spark Parade. And while you're doing favors for me, why not rate and review the show? Thanks in advance for doing me a solid. All right, kids, that's it for this week. Until next time, bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.